So this week, we are going to do something just a little bit different. I want to bring some joy into your ears. The world is hard and weird right now, and life is hard and weird, and I just want to have some fun. I do. And I think we all want to listen to something fun. So today I'm bringing on New York Times bestselling author Andy Mitchell and Sabrina Kohlberg, a producer for Good Morning America. They are actually best friends. They're best friends. They're both toddler moms, and they are pop culture obsessed. They are also the hosts of the new podcast, Pop Culture Moms, where they talk to celebrities, writers, and fellow pop culture lovers about what we can learn from the fictional moms that we love to watch. I'm having them on today to talk about a lot of things that I'm very passionate about. Mostly, which moms in TVs and movies don't really hold up anymore, and which TV and movie dads we think are hot. These are important, hard-hitting subjects. They are. And right now, frankly, this is all that I want to talk about. Their show, Pop Culture Moms, is great. I think that you're going to love it. It's like eavesdropping on a conversation between two really smart women that you want to be your friends, but you haven't gone over to be like, hey, can we hang out yet? I will tell you, though, I asked them to be my friends in real life, and I think, you know, I think we're going to try to make it happen. I do. There's also some fun tea in it about who I want to star in the TV adaptations of my books, both Charlotte Walsh and The Sicilian Inheritance. All this stuff that I'm not supposed to talk about. Oh, and speaking of Sicilian Inheritance, you know you can pre-order, pre-order that shit. Get that pre-order in. You're going to get a subscription to the Substack where I have started writing my trad wife murder mystery. I have. I think my agents believe that I'm writing a very serious book right now, like a, a full novel about, about Joe Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh's sister-in-law. But I've just been writing about murder and trad wives, and I really hope they don't listen to this podcast. I do. I do. But now let's move on to Hot TV Dads. Hi. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I love the podcast that the two of you are doing. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you decided to do it and why you decided to do it together and also introduce yourselves to the audience? Sure. I am Andy Mitchell, um, and this is my best friend, Sabrina Kohlberg. Hi. Sabrina, say hi. Hello. <laughs> we met the first day of freshman year of college and have just been kind of inseparable ever since. And we have always loved movies, TV, like celebrity culture, like gossip, like ev all of the world of pop culture. And so that bonded us forever. And then five years ago, um, I had a child and then Sabrina had a child. So now between the two of us, we each have two toddlers. And I think motherhood, we've noticed, has bonded us even more than than we ever were. We talk maybe more than ever, like even if it's just a quick phone call, like, and it's, there's, there's something really amazing about being able to kind of commiserate with your best friend when you're just going through like the day-to-day -day mom stuff, like the funny and the hard and the joyful and all of that. And so I think we, we have talked so much about the way that we see moms now, it, like one big thing that happened is we used to both love the Gilmore Girls, still do, but like watching the Gilmore Girls then when we were maybe like late teens, 
you kind of view Lorelai in one way, and then you watch it as a mom now, like 20-something years later, and you kind of see it from her, the perspective of Lorelai's mom, Emily. Like, you have a different take on it once you become a mom, and that kind of made us think, oh, this is interesting. Like, once you became, once we became moms, we started to look at the moms that we had identified with or loved or looked up to. And it like it shifts your perception of of them. And so then we look, you know, it's it's just interesting to see how moms are portrayed now. So that, I think that was like a big, big part of it. Yeah, I love I love that because I think that once you become a parent, you start looking at pop culture differently than you ever did before. Right. Yeah. It's funny because I just I rewatched my so-called life recently. Oh, so cool. So great. So great. I mean, so like, great. I was Angela Chase. Like, I was so hardcore Angela Chase when I was growing up. And now I'm her mom. And now, and now I'm mom. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what it is, though. Yeah. Like, now who are you identifying with? Right. Exactly. You yeah. used to see it from one perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. also those parents that we saw in those movies and tv shows are kind of like our original influencer like they were influencing what we thought parents were or should be or how exactly. we should be when we grew up so you know now examining it and realizing like oh well that mom is is a little problematic or like this is a mom that i would love to like take some of their stuff and put it into my parenting Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me. I want to, you know, what I want to do today is just get into some of the parents that we find problematic on, on, in, in our pop culture past, and then talk about the ones that truly stand the test of time. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of ideas that, you know, there are ones that um, I find problematic that I think people don't often think about like I think about the mom in Parent Trap now this is a movie that people really are like so nostalgic about and they love but I'm like this is a mom who just like didn't want to deal with her ex-husband so just separated her twins and was like you know what I'll just never see that one again <laughs> that is problematic like that's, that's not how we solve a problem guys that's, that's not, how we not, <laughs> not the move Important question, original parent trap, new parent, Lindsay Lohan parent trap, or both? I love both. Oh, I love both. Yeah. Because before the, like, that was a movie I had seen when I was little that thought, I thought it was just amazing. What is it? Haley Mills in it? Haley it's Mills. Ha and Haley Mills and Haley Mills. And mm -hmm. it's just, the, I remember thinking, oh, this is the greatest. But then the Lindsay Lohan one was fabulous. They were both excellent. They were both that excellent. That was a good reboot. Yeah. Totally. I recently, I recently watched, I've watched both of them with my kids and that was their question. They're like, so they just gave up their kid. They just like, she just, but, and, and, you know, it's interesting. You said the mom cause the dad too. And just, oh yes, it's like, the dad for it's sure. Like they both, they both just decided to never see one child ever again. So, and like also how bad were things between them? Right. right? What was happening? And also like, you know, we see the beautiful reunion, but I feel like in a couple of years, those kids are going to need some therapy for abandonment issues. You know, it's, it's not. It's not good. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's not good. No, it's I mean, wow. Wow. 
I mean, I thought about it when I watched it with the kids when they asked that question. Also, you know, I've been watching a lot more movies with the kids lately because it's cold and also because there's three of them. And I don't even think about it like screen time. These movies have let me have such great conversations with my six-year-old and four-year-old that they are an awesome jumping off point for us to talk that I like, I regret, I regret nothing about having movie night constantly in my house. We feel we could not agree more. Like we are not, I mean, I think before becoming parents, we were like, yeah, we will limit screen time. But I think now we're like, I don't know. We, that's, that, I'm okay with screen time. Like, like, no, I don't want them to be like on a tablet or in front of like the TV constantly. But I think Sabrina and I grew up, we were on, we were on watching TV and movies all the time. And I guess jury's still out if we turned out okay. But it's, it's I mean, I don't, I just, I think it's, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's totally okay. I mean, so yeah, so when we watched The Parent Trap, we got to have a conversation about divorce, which we'd never had before. When I was their age, I clearly knew what divorce was because it was the 80s and everyone was divorced. But like, they don't know anyone that ha- that has divorced parents. And so that was great. Um, and then, of course, like they're like, why is Vicky such a B? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Why is Vicky such a B? Um, and, and yeah, just like, but again, yeah, very problematic. Okay, I want more. I want more. Give me more problematic parents. God. Oh, you wow. Know- Less funny, but very problematic is, um, you know, Tony Soprano's mother. Livia Soprano. Livia Soprano. I mean, just not great. She's a toughie because it's like, you don't really want to give in to that idea that like everything is your mother's fault. But in the case of Tony Soprano, if we look at Livia, we kind of can really draw a line. Like she was, she really... She set some things up and set some things in motion for Tony that I I think we can say she was like probably borderline evil. Borderline evil. And I'm not saying she caused him to be a gangster, but I'm not not saying that's what I mean. She certainly didn't lead him a different way. She certainly wasn't like, here's a new option. So So that's a thing. I remember I got so angry at Catelyn Stark. In Game of Thrones, I just thought she was the worst. Because they I got the sense there were times in the show that we were supposed to think, like, oh my gosh, what a loving mother. Like she'll do anything for her kids. But then the way she treated her not adopted son, but like her husband's son from a previous marriage or relationship was just disgusting. The way that she treated Jon Snow. So I I hated Catelyn Stark. I thought she was absolutely the worst. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You know what? Where where I'm gonna go with this now? Where baby, baby boom. Wow! Oh, man. Thank you, we Diane love Keaton. Baby, of course, mm-hmm. of yeah. course. I mean, mm-hmm. the first, you know, baby mogul. Like she's really just took that kid and made an applesauce line, and she really, oh. I love her. I love her too, but here is my concern about it. Okay. It did make it, I mean, look, J.C. Wyatt, I still, like, I want to dress like J.C. Wyatt. I want to be J.C. Wyatt. I would have kicked James Spader's little snot-nosed ass in that movie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think that she, I think it was 
like she gave up on that career very quickly and it made it seem like you can be one thing you can be ambitious in a corporate job or you can be a mother and i did not like that dichotomy because i think that although it is hard we need to see more role models and especially starting in the 80s we needed to see more role models of women making it work with an office job yes yes completely agree that's a way to think of it that yes that's not great but she did she did really thrive with being thrust into the motherhood totally she should have fought a little harder to keep both to keep both and like and i don't think that job was right for her anyway i think she was meant to be in vermont with the applesauce with the sexy vet i totally do (laughs) but i do think that we saw a real lack of pop cultural of pop culture role, role models i don't know why i can't talk today um who were doing corporate jobs and also mothering and i think that that kind of contributed to this like false mommy wars of the stay at home mother versus the work out of the home mother which i now like to call the work in the home mother and the work out of the home mother yes I think like, I mean, you're, what you're speaking to is something that we talk, we talk about that, like, it's interesting to kind of map the portrayal of moms through TV and movies over the past, like, like 40 years. It's been like it, I think growing up when we were very young, um, as elder millennials, there were the moms had very little nuance if you didn't see a lot of the interpersonal life of the mom or much about their character and now i think it's it's very clear that there's a lot more detail shown that like moms struggle moms have an entire inner world they have dreams and aspirations that are not just motherhood i think there's like something really amazing about that has changed where we see more dimensions to the mom than just the caretaker or loving the role or, you know, or even hating the role. But there's something to it that I think is much more evolved and and open for moms to see themselves now. Absolutely. And yet there could still be more. We could oh, absolutely. There yes, is still there is still more room for the many, many facets of motherhood. Yes. That's that is true. That is true. I just I just think about like the the Peg Bundy character like mm-hmm. in the 90s and then like it just I think moms were very very one dimensional and it's like now at least there's a little bit more shown about what mom is really like that her life is is bigger or harder or fuller than just her relationship with her children. Absolutely, absolutely. I will say that I you know, anytime people talk about screen time hurting our kids, I think about how much bad television I watched growing up. And mar- like I watched a lot of Married with Children. It was one of my mother's favorite shows. And I was watching that at a very young age. And again, the verdict the verdict is still out, but I think I'm fine. Like I went to a very good college. I am married to a nice man. We have three lovely children. I have written 12 books. Like screen time watching a show that is objectively fairly offensive. Did not fuck me up. Yeah. I think that when people worry about screen time or think about screen time, 
they're not taking into account like all the other things. I think obviously it would be horrible to put your kid in front of a TV and never talk to them and never read them a book and never interact with them. Like, yeah, that would be not great. But I think if you're, you know, a caring parent who's doing all sorts of things, I don't think watching an episode of a cartoon is going to really damage your child. That's just my opinion. And, you know, people will disagree, I'm certain. But Oh, they will. They will. Loudly and vocally, Mm -hmm. my friends. Loudly Mm -hmm. and vocally. Well, it's like you hope that you're teaching your kids some level of, like, discernment. Like, so that even if they're watching something that we don't love, like, you're teaching them, maybe maybe if you're watching it with them, you can help them, like, ask questions about, like, oh, how do you think that kid feels in that situation? Like, I think there's more to the dialogue than just Uh, them watching it alone. Do you know what I mean? I think there's, like, like you say, watching the parent trap, and it, like, brings up conversations of divorce. But I think, like, also media, they say this about books, and I think, like, obviously TV and movies do the same thing like, teaches us a world outside of the one that we're living. I mean, there is something, too, like, the empathy learned through seeing another person's experience, how that opens and expands your consciousness. So I think it's like, I don't know, I can see a lot of upside. (laughs) I see a lot of the ups. I see so much upside. I do. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to talk about top five sexiest TV dads, TV or movie dads. We are back, and we're back with a very, very important subject. I'm gonna throw out, I'm gonna throw out my number one first off in top five sexy TV or movie dads. Okay, excellent. Yep, King Triton. Wow, I wasn't expecting that, Joe. And I <laughs> now which King Triton? <laughs> the new King Triton. Or so, the cartoon King Triton. So I I believed I believed strongly in this um, prior to the reboot. I did. I mean, if you look at original King Triton's abs, you're like, "Hello, Silver Merman Fox." Okay, but I didn't I, I didn't know the reboot was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, they throw us fucking Javier Bardem. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Yep, it's tough competition for those cartoon I mean, abs. Mm-hmm. Who can mm-hmm. say? Yeah, I think, you know what, you're onto something that I wasn't, Sabrina, we were remiss for not really recognizing that. that. And I think that's excellent. And you know that Sabrina and I, I don't think it's technically the best, but that was our favorite Disney movie growing up. Mm, Little Mermaid was like, oh, that was it. Same, same. It was also my favorite Disney movie growing up. It is intensely problematic. No, I have to, I have to accept that. They often (laughs) are. They often are. But, um... Who else? Wow, Ooh, wow, yeah. wow, wow, Who wow, wow. I mean, I assume Leonardo DiCaprio has played a dad in a movie. So let's I just, don't, what, has whichever he? one. Has he? Yeah, well, in Shutter Island, he was a dad. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like a, yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. not a spoiler, mm-hmm. but kind of a spoiler. Do you know what I mean? True, truth, truth, Um, true. Wow, hold on. Who's coming to mind? Oh, wow, wow, wow. I got to think of some, it's like, you know, um, oh, um, from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Coach, mm-hmm. Taylor. Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. I couldn't love someone more. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Why am I forgetting his real name right now? Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Oh, Coach Taylor. Such a good 
hot TV dad. Yes. Yes, totally. And I also love that we're just ogling men unapologetically right now because this feels right to me. It just does. It really does. He's also, but not even just for the looks. He's got such a dreamy personality. You know, he's a wonderful husband and father on that show. So, yes, yes. Well, and I love I love me some Connie Britton, too. So, like, yeah, I mean, oh, God, I want all Connie Britton all the time. We are we're in the process of repackaging my book, Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, for a TV series again. um, It died uh, right before it was supposed to go into production because Julia Roberts had a dream and decided to drop out of the project at the oh last my God, minute. Joe, this is amazing. I know. Sorry, no, I go know. on. I'm, I don't mean yeah. to interrupt. I'm like, hold on a sec. Okay, go on. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, it's my favorite bit of gossip that, like, as an author, you're never supposed to talk about, but I have no filter anymore. I'm like, Julia Roberts dropped out. Everyone should know that. And so we're rebooting that, and it's going to actresses. But all I just want Connie Britton. To be oh. the lead. I mean, and you'd know best. I, I just mean, you, do. I just. <laughs> I, I know. And I feel I, her. I would love that. I would love that for you and for Connie. But I think, I, I mean, because she's just one of these people. Like, I think even if she's playing a villain, you're like, but you're great. Let me mm-hmm. just tell you something. I can just tell you're a great person. <laughs> exactly. I love exactly. her. I still love her. I still love her. And, you know, my my character in Charlotte Walsh, she's a woman running for Senate. It's impossible to be a woman with in politics and with ambition, and we rarely see it on the screen. And I just think Connie Britton would knock it out of the park. Right now, it's with Laura Dern, too, who Oh, my I, God. Don't start. I, Are you kidding? I also yeah, freaking wow. adore. Both of whom I would love more than Julia Roberts, but Julia, like, jumped the gun. And, you know, when Julia says, hey, I want to do this, you don't say no, Julia Roberts, but... In hindsight. In hindsight, though. Okay, let me... Can I pitch... Can I pitch... Lizzie Kaplan. I'm happy that you mentioned Lizzie Kaplan because I need Lizzie Kaplan for something else, my friend. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lizzie, yeah. Right. Lizzie. And also, I will watch Lizzie and Claire do anything, which is why I watched the entire series of Fleischman, even though I didn't like it, but I will watch them read the phone book so it doesn't matter. And I want Lizzie to star in the television adaptation of The Sicilian Inheritance. Which is my latest book, my my thriller murder mystery set in Sicily. I need her to be in that movie. So we're she I'm does. saving I'm saving Lizzie for that. I mean, she does have a very Sicilian vibe to her. Totally, like totally. And my character, we there's two like awesome, awesome female leads in it, but my character in the modern day is a badass chef and butcher in Philadelphia who goes back to Sicily to claim her family's land and to solve a murder mystery. And so it's just like, I just want to see Lizzie Kaplan do that and also have like steamy Sicilian sex. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, it's like a like a gorgeous, sexy white lotus. Like I just, yeah. I love yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, we so read I'm, this immediately. You guys sooner. do, you guys, you guys actually do need to read it immediately. We will. Immediately. No it's, yeah, it's not out for another month, but it's, People are calling it the book of the summer, which is so exciting. I'm like, it That's will be amazing. the book of the summer. I know. I know. I'm going to get you guys copies. I will. Awesome. I will. Um, we ran out of galleys, but we're going to have hardcovers in like two hot minutes. Um, okay. Hot dads. Hot da- and, and okay, I want to qualify hot dads because this is not just about looks. I think that, you know, once you become a mom and a wife, 
hot dad also equals good dad. So like I, if you are a good husband and father and partner, then I'm like, yeah, you're a hot dad. So oh. then I've got one for you. Thank you. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bandit healer from 100%. Bluey. Thank you, Sabrina. Now, so he's a dog, is... so I'm not no, okay. no, physically he's, he's, yeah. attracted to him. No. But me, he's no, the best either. dad on TV. Everything I love about humanity, yes. He is truly, he is second to none. Agree. We talk about, are you familiar, Joe? Are you familiar with Bluey? Of course I am. Of course okay, I am. Yes, 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 yes. Because, of, because it's, it's, I mean, it's we, so good. I mean we, we say it all the time. Everyone's going to want to kill us because we say this all the time. Chili Healer is the best mother I've ever seen in media, period. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's true. It is true. And because she's, like, not presented as perfect. I mean, she's not like Daniel Tiger's mom is, like, perfect. Chili mm-hmm. Healer, we see, I think she's perfect because we kind of see the imperfections and the humor in her parenting. She's very relatable. She's very relatable. And, you know, sometimes I forget their dogs. But, yeah, I well, that's, well, yeah. That's for sure. I That's mean, the sure. first time I said that they were dogs around my, she was three at the time, my daughter, she was shocked. I don't know what she thought they were, but she was, <laughs> they're not dogs, you know? Like, that she was news was, to her. Yeah, she was very upset. And I was like, no, they are dogs. And she was like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no, they're so relatable. They're such a delightful family. I'm going to throw out another kid show, and this isn't the direction I expected us to go in, but... I'm here for it. The dad in Dino Dana is so awesome. Have you guys watched Dino Dana? I, I haven't, surprisingly. Dana. Okay. Should I be how watching old? Dino Dana? Well, how old are your kids? Five and three. And do you two have and a four? Okay. Do you have a Dino kid? Oh yeah. No okay. longer. Yes. Okay. 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 So Dino Dana, it's. Th- it's it's Canadian. They make the best television shows. Them and the Australians. I'm sorry. They do. Mm-hmm. They kick American kid television shows asses. And so Dino Dana is the offshoot of Dino Dan and Dino Trek, which wasn't as good. And it's about a little girl who can see dinosaurs. And her dad is just like such a good dad and so understanding of his daughter's weird dinosaur superpower. And the parents, what I like the most about it is the parents have a very relatable relationship. Like, they bicker, and they also show them being very affectionate and going out on date nights. And those are kinds of things that I, I want my children to see. My kids love the dad on Dino Dana so much. If you have a Dino kid, which is a very specific breed of child, I cannot recommend Dino Dana enough. I love the sounds of this. I will watch this. Okay. I just, okay, something just came to mind. Oh, and then it left. Joe, I'm sorry. You know, have you guys... <laughs> tell me that you guys have lost at least three quarters of your brain since having yes. children. Oh, okay. my God. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Mine, it's mine so is funny. Gone. Mine it's has left. Oh, okay. Gone. I, okay. It's, it's here again. Okay. Did you see eighth grade, Bo Burnham's eighth grade? The dad in eighth grade, it's... um. What did it come out like four years ago? Four years ago, I haven't seen it, but I knew I need the, to see it. The dad, I mean, I like pro- maybe I think when I saw it, I thought it was the best dad I'd ever seen. Just an amazing, amazing dad. Other than otherwise, anytime Steve Carell is a dad, yeah, uh, it like yeah. I I always get I always get warm. You know, another great. Although dad. not in the morning show. Not watched it. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Touche. I have not watched Um, this. But 
Another great dad is Stanley Tucci in Easy A. Oh, my God. Which is like a teen movie with Emma Stone. But he's such a supportive dad. I mean, Patricia Clarkson plays the mom, and she's also wonderful. We'd love to have her. But... um. Yeah, no, the two of them together dad. are really yeah, cuz they're, they're very parents. funny and they they like meet Emma Stone's character on her terms but they don't like treat her like she's just a little kid with, you know, little kid problems. There's something like very validating about them and like the humor. I yeah, they are and great. And he's so dreamy. Oh, he's if so dreamy. If you see dreamy. him traipsing around Italy. Yeah. Guys, I find I find the Toochster so dreamy and in fact you just reminded me that we've got to get Tucci a copy of The Sicilian Inheritance. A hundred percent. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yes. Totally. That would be right up his alley. Did it you watch his cooking show? I did. I, I did. And I okay. loved it. And also, yeah. we had books coming out at the same time a few years ago when I had... Um, Oh my god, what book? Again, I have no brain. I have no brain. No. I, th- I want to start a new podcast called Mom Brain that is actually just a bunch of us on the podcast being like, what? Yeah. What was on Yeah. Yeah. My word, re- my <gasps> recollection of like everyday words is it's it's tanking by the minute. So tanking. I give you credit that you can even, I, you can even still write a book. I mean, I honestly, know. I don't know how you're doing that. I don't know how it happened, man. I don't know if it's going to happen again. Um, but yeah, we had these, we had a book come out at the same time. And, uh, so we got to, we were on a zoom together, like talking to the press and I was just like, and I couldn't even talk. I couldn't talk about my own book because I wanted to ask Stanley Tucci questions about his book, which was not why I was there. That was not why oh. I was supposed to be there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Hell yes. Hell yes. Guys, I haven't seen Easy A. Should I see Easy A? I oh, think yeah. it's a very cute teen, like, you know, it's the teen movie, but it's, it's adorable. Yeah. Okay. And okay. it's based on the Scarlet Letter. Like, it's a right. modern day retelling of the Scarlet Letter. So, okay, I love this. I yeah. love this. I love Emma Stone. I think Emma yeah. Stone brings a really great energy. Oh, hold on. I actually, to guys, to anything, totally agree. When I was, um, when I was thinking about my love for Connie Britton, I just texted my producer on the project, and I was like, I just... I, I need to tell you again how much I love Connie Britton. And she was like, Yes, 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 she's on the list. Okay. This is just like, you know, things you're not supposed to talk about. But again, I have no filter anymore. So I'm like, All right, yes, Connie, B- Connie Britton, Connie Britton. Also, <laughs> I w- you guys are going to be happy to hear this. We're out to Claire Danes right now. Oh, oh my oh, God. Okay. Wonderful. First of all, now is there taste. crying in, in this project? Because oh, God. I yeah. Do oh, love yeah. She Claire Danes cry. I love a Claire Danes cry. Rewind. Yes. Yes, to Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, Claire Dane's crying at the in the final moments. I mean, I feel so much. I feel so much when she cries. I really, really do. So yeah, no, there's crying because my main character's life is a fucking mess in the beginning. So she is, she is crying it out. But then, but then she gets she gets hers, and I think that Claire will really. Oh, well, I, I was just thinking about Claire and Sicilian inheritance. There's crying in that. There's a lot of crying in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Ton of crying. All right. I feel good about this. Also, oh, apparently, Diane, Diane Lane, who I love. Oh. Could you do better than Diane Lane in this world? Like, genuinely. She's so wonderful. I love Diane Lane. I mean, okay. sky's the okay. limit here, guys. Guys, That's I've amazing. Got a, I've got another movie, Dad. Oh, tell us. Matt Damon in Contagion. 
Oh my god. Matt Damon Matt in anything. Matt Damon in anything. Matt Damon in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. That's correct. You know? That's correct. Uh, Sabrina. I'm Jeffy. in on Matt Damon and Ben Affleck always. I, I co-signed this show. Forever. Forever. I didn't you, yeah, yeah. He no, I agree. There is something so genuine and authentic about Matt Damon. Always. Doesn't matter the role. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yes, and I love that. We watched, we rewatched Contagion in the beginning of the pandemic, like everyone did. Like yes, everyone who did. did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I had forgot, first off, you know, screw Gwyneth Paltrow for cheating on him and starting a global pandemic. Mm hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. You know what? Yeah. Um, but, when he throws a prom in their house for their daughter because she can't leave, we didn't know that was going to be our life. Oh no! It sadly became it became yeah, our reality. It did yeah, become real. reality. It did. It did. Yeah. But he was so good, so good in that role. And you know, I I do think about dads in TV and movies a lot. And just the importance of seeing more good partners, more good partners, like just more modeling of like what, not even a good dad, but what it means to be a good partner and to share the mental load, which is not sexy on a sitcom, but there are ways of doing it. There are ways of modeling it to show more men what that should look like. Yes. We talked about a movie, like Sabrina and I um, went back and rewatched for the show bad moms you know with mila kunis mm-hmm. Kristen bell oh, yeah um and we just noted that like the whole one of like half of the movie is just like the dads are like really incompetent they're like, not totally even useless. they're not helping in any way yeah and it's like why does no, why does no burden of parenthood fall on these men and it's like you know so we see that a lot i think that was like a trope in I don't know 90s to early 2000s right but like I hope that we're seeing like men step up more and more in that like they are they they need to be 50 50 partners and in at least bearing that mental load yeah definitely like more bandit healer less um Don Draper from Mad Men who's who's just a very horrible partner and very horrible partner and you know what I wasn't even gonna bring him up I wasn't even going to bring him up here as sexiest TV dad because even though I love me some John Hamm and I was once at Sunset Towers drinking too many, too many um, margaritas and just kind of like tipsily followed him around the bar, like never speaking to him, just like weirdly following him around one night. No, no, not a hot How TV dad to me. This was like 15 years ago. This was like, this was peak Mad Men. The height of Mad Men. The height of Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, And no, but not a hot dad to me because he's a shitty husband. He Um, used to walk his dog around where we lived and, you know, we would be all in a flutter. In Manhattan. And it was. Yeah, in Manhattan. We loved to see it. Yeah. Let me tell you, though, did you watch Fargo season five? Oh. That John Hamm is in. I mean, not, oh, a, not a dad that anyone wants or likes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the dad, Dot Lion's husband in that. Yeah, he's so an sweet. amazing so dad. Sweet. I mean, becomes so hot to me because he's so, oh God, he's so loving and I, just a great human being. Uh, I, you know, I love it when characters become hot, even though they're not hot. And I would say the same for Joel Maisel 
on Marvelous oh. Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent yeah. point. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jan- I, I like, I think that's absolutely true. I, I don't know if we can, we can probably safely make this generalization that like women aren't solely driven by looks that like the, I, no. I, it's very easy for me to warm up to somebody just if I see that they're funny and kind and, you know, empathetic or, you know yep. what I mean? Yep. I've got I don't think one. we're going to say the same for men, for but okay. Yes, no, we're please. not. We're not. Elliot Stabler on Law and Order SVU. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good dad. I mean, good excellent, partner. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. All the things. Stands All the, the things. Test so time. protective. You know, so always protective. Be safe with him. You would always be safe. And I'm going to go with two dads on This Is Us, Jack Pearson and Sterling Brown. Oh, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Till the end of time. Forever and ever. Sterling K. Brown is my dream husband on either of my book-to-TV adaptations. Oh, my God. Okay, and and Susan Kelechi Watson is actually the best mom on the show. Now, I only watched, like, half of season one. But that was enough for me to know that his wife on the show is actually the best mom. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I didn't finish the series. I, okay. I think I got through maybe two seasons. I don't know how many series seasons there were. Network TV has so many episodes. You forget that. You I know. Totally. I know. Forget that. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of network TV, I'm going to say it. Martin Sheen on the West Wing. Don't so even start me. Sabrina with... loves the West Wing. I love so West much. Wing. Sabrina, honestly. I mean, how I many times do you the quote West him? Wing, I a lot but I discovered it like later in life like I was already working at um you know my adult job and I was like maybe I should go back and get into politics you know like I was really mm-hmm. considering mm-hmm. it for I mean yeah. then I I reconsidered but um yeah he's just so wonderful he's, he's a wonderful so, yes President Bartlett is a wonderful yeah. father and father to all Stockard Channing as the first lady I mean, I loved her as Rizzo, but I love oh, yeah. her, love her as the first lady. I really do. West Wing is my go-to watch, or it ha- it was my go-to watch because my husband has gotten snipped and we're not having another baby. But my go-to postpartum watch that I would just keep it going on the TV and on the phone, like when I was breastfeeding at night or like rocking the baby to sleep. There was something very comforting to me about a bunch of liberals with good hair solving the world's problems in an hour. I've done it now with three children, such that if I were to hear the West Wing theme song right now, I would probably let down milk, even though my boobs are dried out and shriveled and done with that. Your uterus would seize. Yeah. It would seize. Okay, uh, guys, I feel like we have clearly been remiss in not naming yet Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us. Oh, I mean, is there now? I, I mean, I, that's that's like maybe the top for me. I don't know. Oh my god! Yes, I've only just started The Last of Us, but no, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Ah, ladies, this has been awesome. This was just. I will tell you, I had a migraine when I started this episode, and it's gone now. This is what you guys are always like on the podcast. Will you tell everyone about the podcast? We're dropping an episode into the under the influence feed so people can get a taste but tell them more about it and where they can find you yeah you can find pop culture moms 
through ABC Audio or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, you know, every week we talk to actors or authors or just scholars of pop culture like ourselves about moms from TV or movies and what we can learn from them and what we can maybe not learn from them about being a mother. And a daughter. True. I mean, yes. honestly, our, the relationship with our own moms. Ever evolving. Ever evolving. Never not fraught. But Never yes. not fraught. We, well, we like to say if it's not one thing, it's your mother. That is all that we have for today. Now everyone knows that I would like to bone King Triton. My husband knows that too. I mean, I'm very, I'm very open and honest about my my creepy obsession with King Triton's abs. I mean, they're fabulous. He really is just like the hottest Disney royalty out there. It's true. And also, I I kept texting my producer Laura while I was editing this episode, and she and she mentioned Rose Byrne who is my forever hair inspiration. Every time that I go to the salon, I pull up a picture of Rose Byrne, which is also maybe creepy, but she's got great hair. And I was like, Laura, I want Rose Byrne to star in The Sicilian Inheritance. So now we have to put this energy out into the universe. Here's what we want. We want Lizzie Kaplan or Rose Byrne in The Sicilian Inheritance. And we want Claire Danes or Connie Britton in Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. Apparently, Laura Dern is not available. I just learned this, too. These are, again, these are all things I probably shouldn't talk about, but whatever. Hollywood loves its secrets, and that's boring, and it's unfair. So, whatever. If you love this show, please leave us a review, send it to a friend. As always, pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance, because maybe Lizzie Kaplan and Rose Byrne are both going to be starring in it soon, and we could all go to Sicily to hang out on the set and ogle Roseburn's great hair. Go have a great day. Do something nice for yourself. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs>